pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, I am Simon Byron. Hello Simon, how are you doing? I'm doing alright, thanks Steve. Uh, hazardous journey to the shed this evening. Really? It was. Well, it's snowing, isn't it? Ah, of course, of course, of course. Brave, outside. Uh, brave the blizzard. You're a uh, father of a young daughter. You must have seen Frozen a hundred thousand times. <laughs> We're not quite at that stage. You know. Well, look You're out a for bit this. Ahead of me. Look out for um, this. When Sven enters the uh, the shop for the first time, that's how I felt coming into the One Life Left shed. <laughs> okay. okay. How's the heating holding up? Doing all right, actually. Yeah, not 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 too bad. Uh, is there snow where you are? You, you know, uh, you there don't... is. There is snow actually okay. uh, here in central London. If you if you can hear, obviously, uh, regular listeners to the radio show will be familiar with the ambience of uh, <laughs> the recording. Uh, we are we are still in lockdown. We're not in the Resonance FM studios, and so I'm recording from uh, my flat in London, and Simon's recording from his flat just outside London, uh, his house just outside London, and often people will hear the sounds of traffic rolling by. Uh, rolling by my uh, house, you will also this week hear the sound of clanking radiators. Oh, um, which should add a little bit to the, uh, as I said, the ambiance. Get, get somebody look at that. Mm, uh, I think is, is it all just what radiators do when they're warming up? I don't know. Is it something that they, do you think that, that that when whoever Mr. Radiator invented the radiator, he decided that clanking would be an indication that everything was fine. Honestly, there are two alternatives here. One, this is a, a, a thing that radiators do, in which case we can live with it. And the other you know, possible explanation is that it is a thing that radiators should not do or can not do, uh, you know, can be prevented from doing, in which case that means that I have to fix it. Do you um, subscribe uh, to um, some sort of emergency repair service? There's the uh, peace of mind uh, money. Mm, for various pieces of equipment we we have a, a washing machine emergency repair right. service and i think a boiler one as well uh, but the radiators would not be covered under that nor is it an emergency it's, it's not a worrying clank it's just the sort of tick 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 of I a think, radiator warming up i think your radiators i think your radiators will be covered underneath your boiler steve i think it's all part of the heating Really? Yeah. Let's call them live on air because we don't because <laughs> we don't have a guest this evening. Sadly, I'm sorry about that. I did try and coerce my son into um, providing I don't know ten minutes of airtime, mm. uh, but he didn't want to. He was too busy playing games that he shouldn't be playing uh, with people that uh, I don't know. I don't know who these people are. He's, he's playing online with, but um, they sound around his age. Now, Simon, you mm. you know your son better than I do, yep. I assume. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just from what I've heard over the last couple of weeks, what I was expecting tonight, it sounds to me like your son is scared. 
<laughs> I mean, it sounds to me like he talks a big game. That he's talker. like, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, what did he say? Uh, My podcast is going to run your podcast out right. of town. Except for we're not a podcast, are we? We're a radio show. I think he was, and, he was trolling us. Mm, well, maybe. Uh, I'm certainly not trolling him now when I say I think he is a big scaredy cat. Whoa. <laughs> I know, big words. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm surprised. I didn't think he was the person to run away from a challenge. Well, do you know what I think What's going he's going to happen? He's going to listen to this week's show. He's going to hear your words. Mm-hmm. He'll be on next week. <laughs> Chicken. Is that a promise? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Okay. Um, I've had a quick look at the news. Have you Have you done that yet? I have done a quick look at the. It's been tricky actually this week because what I've uh, I've tried to do is pick stories that you haven't. Let's see oh. how we get on. All right. It's the news. So um, I, I had a quick glance. I didn't see anything that really, really stood out apart from the one story that I have seen um, on Twitter and that I thought you could explain it to me because I have not had an Xbox since the Xbox 360. So I'm not familiar with their ecosystem except basically through One Life Left and you chatting about how great game passes mm. um now when i was on 360 i was an xbox live gold subscriber which well, you had to be to, allowed me to play online with all my mates uh, play ghost Recon uh with you but um but i've read this week there's been a bit of kerfuffle about xbox gold pricing uh microsoft pushed it up and then they've uh, they've they've reverted it to normal can you explain to me what's happened there well, it's a victory for the uh, Twitterati, isn't it? Um, <laughs> this was the story that I thought that you'd pick, by the way, so I didn't okay. pick it. Um, uh, yeah, they. so Xbox Live is, as you say, a legacy service. It's what you, could, what you pay Microsoft to be able to play online games online. Um, and uniquely, uh, that also included free-to-play titles, which PlayStation and switch don't do um, every console does have a subscription of some sort uh, to let you play um online multiplayer games it's just one of those things you know i think i don't know does it subsidize the hardware i'm not sure is it just extra money for the platform holders probably but it's become a thing now and and, and people have have been um, happy in inverted commas to pay for it the tricky situation has come where um, obviously, I'm not an Xbox Live subscriber, Steve, because I'm an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, aren't I? Mm. Which gets you Xbox Live. So I don't know how much Xbox Live is or was and is, I guess. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so Game Pass Ultimate does roll that in, so you don't need to play it, pay it uh, separately. The theory was they uh, announced the price rise as an effort to basically nudge the live subscribers um into game pass uh right, and and that okay. didn't go down well with people on twitter uh who got very grumpy about it and um very very quickly microsoft dropped the proposed price rise they say we hear you and not just have they dropped the the uh proposed price rise but they're going to work as hard as possible to remo- to remove the fact you need to pay to play free to play games so, you know, actually, by um, by being very grumpy about it on Twitter, there's a victory scored there in that you won't need Xbox Live Gold in order to play Fortnite or Apex. So you don't know the price differential here between Game Pass and Xbox Live Gold? No, I did that trick where um, it's uh, as an introductory offer, and we all felt terribly clever doing this when i'm sure that it was deliberate Mm. there was a way to convert uh your existing membership i think it was xbox live uh to game pass ultimate um for nothing and so what everybody did is they stocked up on cheap xbox live 
um, annual subscriptions because you could do up to three years and then converted that to, to Game Pass. So I don't think I'm paying Microsoft any more money for my games or my online services until June 22. <laughs> Okay, good. Right. Uh, I feel uh, caught up by that. Um, what's your news story? So, um, from Eurogamer, written by Wesley Yimpool uh, uh, on the 21st of January. So it's only three days old, four days old by the time this is broadcast. The United Nations has made a game about saving the ozone layer. Reset Earth is a mobile game designed to give players a better understanding of the role of the ozone layer in protecting the planet. It's due out on the App Store and Google Play on the 10th of February. The trailer is below, he says. I'm going to pause there, Steve. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. that's, um, that's a worthy um, subject, important mm-hmm. subject. Um, it's a good thing to do, you know, the power of play in terms of education, you know, backed by the United Nations. Excellent. This game about, um, to give you a better understanding of the role of the ozone layer, Steve, what sort of game is it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What would I do if I was making a game about the ozone layer? It would be, well, my first thought, right, is that it's going to be some, uh, sorry, the the default thought is that it's some kind of resource balance, balancing game because that's the problem here. The ozone layer was big business, wasn't it, in the uh, in the sort of eighties and the nineties? You heard about the ozone layer all the all time. The time. You, you couldn't deodorise yourself without 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 it crying. You couldn't throw a fridge in the exactly. tip without <laughs> you know someone giving you grief about it. Um, these days, it's not, it's not in the yeah. top ten of environmental worries, is it? Uh, so this is presumably part of a. PR campaign. The ozone layer's, you know, been ignored, neglected for too long, and it's coming back. So um, the the first, yeah. So the first, the first, the default thought is, all right, build a um, build a resource management thing about uh, about uh, persuading people, you know, uh, to to pay slightly more for goods that don't uh, ruin the environment. I guess uh, my second thought is remake McDonald's Global Gladiators, a platformer where you have to avoid collecting uh, deodorants and throwing fridges on uh, <laughs> scrap heaps. Um, is it a first-person shooter? It's not. No, it's a single-player platformer. <laughs> <laughs> so more along the lines of the right, McDonald's game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it ties in with a film, uh, which is due out uh, today, actually. Uh, but still, you are right. It feels like a missed opportunity, doesn't it? I mean, you're absolutely going there. You're going, okay, it's a resource management full of tough choices. No, single-player mm. platformer on mobile. So there we go. Ozone layer saved, I'd say. Codemasters directors have voted in favour of a $1.2 billion acquisition, a $1.2 billion acquisition deal by EA. Uh, so it sounds like Codemasters uh, are going to become part of the the EA stable. And that makes sense, doesn't it, right? Because uh, if there's, well, certainly uh, one, of, one of EA's many stable sources of incomes is uh, sports games. And Codemasters have dominated the uh, the driving part of sports for some time now. So uh, for EA to acquire them and bring them um, bring those games under their umbrella seems like a good business deal for them. Well, it came out of nowhere though, didn't it? It was Take Two that were going to be the surprise mm. purchasers up for up for, uh, for ages, um, and then all of a sudden EA weighed in. So yeah, um, clearly more two uh, Codemasters than just those games, surely. Um, <laughs> You know, because like, uh, so they do the official Formula One game, Call, mm-hmm. uh, and they do Grid and Dirt, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's all they do these days. But you wouldn't be buying a company just for, um, and, and unless they've got that license until the end of time. You know, there's mm-hmm. always a danger, as we've seen year after year, of licenses changing hands. Um, that's true. So there must be more to it than that. I noticed that Take Two. Uh, Take Two's original offer was for nine hundred and ninety-four million dollars, um, which is is six million dollars short of a billion. <laughs> why would you? Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just go? 
you know, <laughs> it seems uh, it seems it seems more of a uh, a thing to say. I'll give you give you a billion, unless you're trying to like persuade someone that it's in the same way yeah, you, exactly. you know, price you're, things at nine ninety nine. Your your uh, shareholders, you don't want them to know you're almost paying a billion for dirt, <laughs> do you? <laughs> true, true, true. I true. suppose. Yeah, so it will be interesting to see what happens with them as part of the EA stable. Um, but yeah, I, EA doesn't really do well. It does the Need for Speed, um, but uh, yeah, alongside those, yeah, maybe it's just completionist. They want every sport. <laughs> so video game know, monopoly. Missing those stickers in their album, and um, they want Lewis Hamilton. All right, next story. Have you got another one? Okay, well, it follows. Um, the direction of a story last week, actually. The headline is, We'll never guess what studio is developing a new Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic game. It's not with EA, source teases. Uh, this is from Vicky Blake on Eurogamer, uh, written today. Working on a Sunday. Uh, Eurogamer writes, A non-EA studio is reportedly developing a new Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic game. The rumour comes via the B.O.B. The Podcast. Contributor... Bespin Bulletin reports that a new instalment of the fan-favourite RPG is in development, adding, it's not with EA, and we'll never guess what studio is taking on the project. Amongst my digging, I heard there's a Knights of the Old Republic project in development, Bespin Bulletin said. I talked to a couple of people, and I also found out that Bloomberg reporter Jason Schreer says that it's not with EA, and we'll never guess. What, who the studio is making this game. I don't know if it, the Bounty Hunter game is with them or with it, if it's with Ubisoft, Bulletin added. But yeah, EA is working on stuff and there's another unannounced game at EA, which I have no idea what it is. I don't think it's Battlefront 3. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, right, uh, thanks Best Bin Bulletin. Yeah. Thanks for like, that. There's, there's a lot there, Simon. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot. Process. There's also a lot not there, isn't there? All right, shall I tell you what I got from it? Yes, please do. There's, this what, is the, a, there's a man called Bespin Bulletin. <laughs> that was my main takeaway. <laughs> uh, so, so this is a bit like a... It's a good memory game. It's a bit Krypton Factor, this yeah. challenge. Yeah. All right. Um, it, so, <laughs> working backwards, it's not Battlefront 3. It doesn't think it is. Okay. Um, that there is a studio making a... Knights of the Old Republic game, and it's a surprise. It will surprise us. You'll never guess. Single player I'll platformer. I'll never guess. Single player platformer. <laughs> um, I saw someone on Twitter talking about this. Okay. Um, a video game insider who implied that they had been told who it was and that they were not very pleased uh, with this information. <laughs> that, they were, that they were like, oh, well... And that also, yeah, uh, they would never have guessed that, and um, they're not particularly impressed. So there's a little bit of a well. Look at um, you, but adding adding fuel to the to the room of fire. Bespin, shouldn't I? <laughs> uh, and um, so the other the other information there that I, I got from what you're saying is that there's tons of other Star Wars games. Dotted All the around. Star Wars is yeah. Maybe we'll yeah. see a sequel to that connect star wars dancing game yeah um that seemed out there a few years ago it doesn't seem so uh wild now does it um what what are you excited for in the star wars universe battlefront 3 <laughs> it's not happening <laughs> well um he doesn't think that that's the unannounced one i mean it could be ah. so well, maybe there are two unannounced ones of which yeah. <laughs> he's referring to the other one that isn't okay. battlefront 3 all right. Yeah, give me some more of that. I've not. But fully... you didn't get on with two. Uh, well, do you know what? It's actually progressed into or developed into um, a pretty good game. Um, I was playing it recently with Dexter, and he was showing me everything that it had be it become. And and yeah, it's still a thriving um, FPS. Uh, they're still adding new content to it. I think my I think my main issue was with with it was initially. Mm. that um, you couldn't customise your character in the way that I wanted. I just got used to having a jump pack on L1, you know, Right, right, right. Um, and then the other thing is that because I stopped watching Star Wars after The Phantom Menace, there, there's loads of it I just don't understand anymore. Um, and so I wasn't sure who was the goodies and who was the baddies. Um, but you just always shoot the, uh, the, the guys with the red icons over their heads. 
that, don't really uh, question. So it. I was going to ask you because you've bought this game three times. That's what you said last yeah. last, uh, uh, well, last I episode. Said, I own it on three different formats. Okay, you own it on three different formats, which uh, surprised me because I remember uh, from One Life Left you didn't get on with the game at the uh, the start of its its uh, cycle. But it's good to hear that it's improved. Yeah, they stuck at it, and um, you know. It's, it's it's it it loses some of the iconic uh, locations that we enjoyed in Battlefront One, but it makes up for it in spectacle. So um, yeah, it's good, and they do seem to be supporting it. So more power to them. I'm, I've not played enough Star Wars Squadrons. I meant to, I, I still don't have a hot ass Ste. Right, you can't tell that from the from your, your, <laughs> from your view of the shed, <laughs> but it's true. Um, you just still can't buy them. Hmm. I've even, you know, had a had a Thrustmaster flight stick in my shopping trolley now and again, just to right. give me something to do. But no, no, I'm going to. Well, wait. we might come back to that later in the show because I've we got something do. to talk to you about as well. I know you do, Steve. I saw what you've been up to on the internet. <laughs> I did. I did. I saw it. Um, and I was pleased. Right, I've got one more story. All right, go, go, go. Uh, from Eurogamer again, Tom Phillips writes. There's confusion over whether Fall Guys will join Xbox Game Pass, is the headline. Uh, subhead, which media, which developer, Mediatonic, has now denied. Six months ago, Fall Guys arrived on PlayStation 4 via subscription service PlayStation Plus. Since then, it's been a PlayStation console exclusive, while also being available on PC. Six months later, it now seems a matter of, if not, but when, the breakout Battle Royale come to other console platforms such as nintendo switch and xbox but when will that happen around a week ago a bit of light brand uh, between four guys cheeky twitter and the official xbox uk account set tongues wagging that four guys would arrive on the xbox game pass sooner rather than later then last night the xbox game pass instagram account replied to a user asking about four guys that it's coming suspicious eyes emoji this was picked up and shared as further evidence until a pretty clear denial was suddenly issued this afternoon from the full guys official account uh, there's an image here that's from the full guys account it says sorry there's been a bit of a mix-up full guys is not coming to xbox game pass uh, that tweet is dated january the 20th 2021 hmm. do you think full guys is coming to xbox game pass steve uh yes it is isn't it of course it is <laughs> of course it is of course it is <laughs> That's that I mean, cleared up. Yeah, good. Glad we could help. Um, that yeah, that seems absolutely inevitable. Um, everything goes cross format inevitably uh, these days, apart from first party titles, and this is not one. Well, if, yeah, but specifically into Game Pass. That's the. Well, I mean, obviously, it's coming to Xbox and Switch, but but it's a Game Pass bit. Now, do you do you remember? the trouble when somebody said that Control was coming to Game Pass and everyone and then they went no it isn't mm. and now it is yeah I think it's yeah. another example of it's that. just a matter of time for sure um, the only other piece of news that I picked up on is that um, Vicarious Visions have been acquired by Blizzard uh, Vicarious Visions long-standing uh, studio who were I, I mean they were sorry they were acquired by Blizzard some time ago uh, recently Worked on the remastered. Um, I could, you know, I could feel keyboards being sharpened. Then Tony Hawk's games. Actually, but, Steve, I think you'll find they've been part of the family for ages. I know that. I know that. No, no, no. I misspoke. No, I, by the, sorry. That, that's I was doing an impression of people were writing in to tell you that Ready Player One's a book as well. <laughs> Thought that was where this yeah. was going. Um, yeah, um, but now they've been uh, they've been fully subsumed into Blizzard. Vicarious Visions is effectively no more. They are just part of Blizzard, um, and they'll be working on uh, on Blizzard games forever. Um, now, um, is that good? No, I, I don't know. know. Do you know what? I, yeah, I'd not I'd not really thought of them for ages. I you know I most associate Vicarious Visions. With the Game Boy Tony Hawks, right? I think that's the last time that I spent the the last game that I spent a significant amount of time with to have that association with. I mean, the last time I I thought of them really was uh, back in the uh, the Hero days of uh, rhythm action games when I was sort of peripherally working on some of those, and so were they. Uh, and we had some sort of meetings about those kind of things. I'm not sure whether their versions ever came out, um, but certainly internally they were 
uh, part of. Uh, okay, because it was Neversoft that took over the Guitar Hero games from mm. um, Harmonics when Activision bought it. Right. Okay, so they were potentially doing some work alongside that, were they? Uh, they were when I was... On a Star Wars game. <laughs> <laughs> Should tell Bespin. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I was when I was sort of... I, I believe uh, when I was when I was working on those sort of things, so were they. Um, but yeah, I haven't really heard of them since. I, have you played the new Tony Hawk's? I haven't, no. I'm 49. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but surely that means you want to live in the past. Oh, I, w- I wake up and my knee hurts. You don't have to actually skate. Well, I, I guess that's the point. No, but I mean, yeah, I'm, so, I'm so far removed from that lifestyle that no. I, Wait, I, that rem- there was a peripheral, wasn't there, for a while? There was an actual skate, wasn't there? Back in the uh, back in the days of crazy plastic peripherals covering with everything, with Activision's uh, every Activision game, that was uh, that was a thing. I completely forgot about that. Didn't last, did it? Well, I'm sure that that had an impact on the ozone layer, all of that sort of stuff, and all of our knees. <laughs> right, good. Uh, that's the end. I, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? That's all I have for you, Steve. That's all the news. All right, thanks, Simon. One life left. Video game news with You are listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. That's a radio station broadcasting out of London. We've been doing the show for them for about 16 or 17 years. I haven't checked since it's uh, become the new year. I think you should just add one, shouldn't you? That's how this works. <laughs> but, that, uh, if, but, that, but that implies that you already that you knew what the previous number was. doesn't. I've been guessing for about five years. Yeah. Um, if you are not listening to this live on Resonance 104.4 FM, you may be listening to it as a podcast. Uh, you can find that at www.onelifeleft.com or on Spotify or on iTunes or whatever Apple service is called these days. Uh, you're also listening to a piece of music in the background right now. Uh, can't tell you what that is because we edit the podcast after we've finished recording the vocal bits of it. If you want to know which tune this is, please go to the podcast notes at www.onelifelife.com and we you'll should, be able to find out. We should do a shout out actually to Phil who diligently uh, listens to the podcast and uh, transcribes. Uh, so I didn't tr- transcribe the synopsis, does he? But he <laughs> <laughs> no, he writes up some notes That's on the it. show and uh, makes this happen. If it was not for Phil, our under under caretaker, then the uh, show would not exist in that digital form. So thanks so much to Phil. De- so Dexter um, yesterday said to me, he said, um, you didn't mention me on the show uh, when you said you did. I said, yeah, I did. He said, well, you lied in your, you lied in your description. I said, I didn't. He said, well, yeah, because it says that he talks about, you know, how to uh, mess with teachers over remote learning or what have you, but it wasn't in there at all. I said, Dexter, it was. Mm. Um, and, you know, I didn't write that. Steve didn't write that. Phil wrote that. And he listens to the show. So it definitely wasn't. He, and he said, well, I uh, I listened to the whole show and it wasn't in there. So I called it up on www.onelifeleft.com, skipped to about 22 minutes in, mm-hmm. and there it was. Mm. Oh, so- he said. And then backs out of being interviewed on uh, on the podcast. I I think it's completely fine for him to back out. He's only young and it's a pressured situation. And, you know, if he if he doesn't want to be on the show, he doesn't have to be. I mean, Talia was on it when she oh. was much, much younger. That reminds me, actually. I was talking to her the other day. She's completely forgotten about the intro that she used to do and asked if, if um, I could send it to her. Do you still have it? Or do you think you could dig it out? The intro? You know where we um, recorded my six-year-old niece saying... Um, One Life Left is a radio show for adults. And then, <laughs> and then I tried to say, 
It sometimes contains words like fun, yeah. shit, sometimes <laughs> cup. Do you, do you still I, have that? I don't have that, but um, we should definitely get our daughters to do the same. <laughs> yeah, well, she, she could not recall. So, uh, yeah, she's interested in listening to that back. How old's Talia now? God, she's, she drives, Steve. <laughs> when I was in America last year, do you imagine? Well, was it last year or no, the year before? She was driving. Terrified. She's been driven by a six-year-old. We should be we should be able to work out how old the podcast is, how old the radio is. We should show do, by, uh, based that, on that. Well, that also implies that I know how old my relatives are. Um, <laughs> I only know how old I am. I keep saying it so often. Um, I was going to mention to you, though, uh, that Dex is doing okay out of One Life Left because... This weekend, and this again, you know, is presumably why he didn't want to speak to us. Mm. Um, somebody from a major games studio spent about 40 minutes talking to Dexter about what he does on Roblox, having heard his exploits on One Life Left. Interesting. Mm. Did he monetize this opportunity? Uh, he didn't charge, no. Although they did send him a copy of their latest game. Interesting. All right. Good. Note that, note that we didn't benefit from this transaction whatsoever. <laughs> we, 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 we could have taken a 10% cut out of the 12-digit redemption code, couldn't we? We have we have long since fall, fallen off that game's company's PR list. They used, to, they used to send us all their stuff. And their consoles. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the, I, th- I think perhaps maybe he was he was talked out this weekend. Maybe maybe that is an explanation for his abject cowardice. I, 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 um, I listened in on it, though, uh, obviously, mm-hmm. being his guardian. <laughs> um, and even though I was in the room and I could understand the words he was saying, I had no idea what he was talking about. Good safeguarding, Simon. That's what I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they seem to get some, some stuff out of it. So let's see what they do next, shall we? Good. All right. It's a Star Wars game. <laughs> All right, Bestman. Um, okay, should we do the letters? We definitely had one letter this week. I saw it. We did. It's from Chris Conroy. He writes... Dear team and SSG, brackets are promises of promise. He's quite right, actually, to pull us up on that. Well, um, it's not your fault, Simon. Well, I mean, well, suppose technically it is your fault, like because you are responsible literally for Dexter. I guess. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, quite right too. We apologise. Uh, hopefully next week. He writes like a video gaming Joe Wicks. Ellie Gibson has been saving the nation's harassed parents by offering up suggestions on Twitter for games to work into the homeschooling timetable. Physics with human fall flat, scribble noughts for spelling, and other treats to erase the existential crisis of lockdown three. My question for you, and a crowdsourcing starter for my next Marioki rewrite, what was your favorite piece of edutainment? Did you actually learn anything from it? Your kitchen table coaching correspondent, Chris Conroy. That is a very good question. Edutainment was all the rage, wasn't it? I um, back in the day, I uh, in my professional life, I've been responsible for trying to get some coverage for some truly awful pieces of edutainment. Um, the one which I did have the most fun with was learn to speak Klingon, um, <laughs> which um, you know for for a while I was fairly well versed in some of the key Klingon phrases, none of which I can obviously remember to this day. Um, but certainly uh, lots of people covered it at the time. I mean, edutainment has been a, a thing for as long as I can remember, um, even growing up with early computers and early games, people were still trying to uh, teach through those methods. Back in the 80s, uh, I remember Granny's Garden, was an early shot at that and that was a successful one but there was also lots of very very dire edutainment titles particularly in the 90s uh multimedia cd based things and i think it's only recently if you look at all of the successful 
uh, multi-million billion dollar companies now look at things like Duolingo, which are using uh, game principles, gaming reward systems, uh, to basically just take standard learning and then game it and like keep people leveling up right through these systems. Those really, really, really work now. I've always thought the best way of teaching people is to teach people subtly. Uh, so I think I learned a lot about physics and uh, uh, systems from um, The Incredible Machine. Right. Remember that? Like I do remember Heath that. Robinson constructing machines from rolling bowling balls and knocking over dominoes and uh, ramps and that kind of thing. It's basically like a good educational title dressed up as a video game. Um, what, what did Granny's Garden teach you? That's the first time I've heard of that. Granny's Garden? Uh, it taught you that you can get away with playing video games in class as long as you claim they're educational. Uh, it's a basic adventure game, right? Um, but you had to solve simple puzzles uh, in order to... I can't remember what you were doing. Was it, what, in, was it just set in Granny's Garden? Yeah, I think you had to... Something with a witch. <sighs> Escape from a witch, not get murdered by a witch. I don't remember. It was a long time ago, Simon. My knees don't work. Um, there's, there's also um, the, the, the best example of edutainment recently, um, I think, is Human Resource Machine. Have you played that? I have played that, yeah. It's absolutely brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it teaches you to be a coder, and you don't even know it until, no. you've, until you've finished it, and then suddenly you can make Doom. <laughs> but it teaches the basic principles of coding uh, in a really, really accessible, uh, moving blocks around a level way. Really, really brilliant piece of work, I think. Did you ever solve a level in Human Resource Machine where it knew that you'd done it accidentally? I don't think so, because I'm an I, excellent I, coder. <laughs> yeah, it says more about me than it does you. Yeah, um, if you... So basically what it does is it asks you to... It's a logic-solving game in which you program routines uh, to automatically deal with whatever numbers come into the um, pipe, so to speak. And uh, yeah, um, there was one level that I solved and it said, you've got the right answers, but you've not done it the right way. (laughs) That's doubly clever of it to know that, wasn't it? Did it let you progress? No. Really? Yeah. I had to go and do it properly. That seems... (laughs) That's not how I got through school, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Huh. Okay. No, I thought that was brilliant and a really, really good way of of teaching people is basically, uh, you know, to not let them know that they are learning while they're doing it. Talking of um, coding, because we don't have any more letters, um, just reminded me... uh, we could have featured it in the news, but no, uh, let's let's slip it into letters. Do you see that Game Maker got bought? I did, by Opera. By Opera. What does that mean? What are they going to do? Because I don't know what Opera is. <laughs> it's a browser. Uh, it's a web yeah. browser, isn't yeah. it? Like, uh, but I was, I was, you know, when I, uh, when I found out about this, I did a quick Google to see what they were doing. Because I thought, as far as I know the browser might just be a little bit of the opera empire and it seems they're investing in all kinds of stuff oh okay who else have they Mm. bought then whatever they can get their hands on they seem to be okay this may be completely wrong so uh how can i phrase that in a way that may just say it with confidence all right they're investing in african netflix I don't know if okay. that's true. That's right. what if you imagine all of the uh, all of the data that I took in while I was doing this Google about what what the hell opera's up. What to is opera? Has been has been distilled into a piece of scrap paper scrunched up in a tiny corner of my brain that says African Netflix. Okay. So uh, so I think maybe they they're getting involved with some sort of video on demand or something uh, in in the continent of Africa. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, obviously they're they're doing stuff. I wanted to know actually when I read this story, I was going to ask you this off air, mm. but now I'm going to ask it you on air. Yeah. Um, we have no secrets. Did you? Uh, I remember when. So we were both into Game Maker back in the day, right? Yep. And then Game Maker became Game Maker Studio, yep. which I never got into. Uh, no. 
Did you? I didn't know because uh, I I think it coincided with me getting a switch. Right. <laughs> and so um, I used to use Game Maker when I was commuting, and then I just started playing Breath of the Wild. And then I realised I didn't actually have any ideas, and that you no do. One, no one wanted to play anything that I did. Your anyway. five second loop game was brilliant. Well, it could have been. It was actually twelve seconds, Steve. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll never see the light of day now. And actually, you know, that's effectively what the Outer Worlds is. <laughs> I mean, it is. It it, it is though. Um, you it first. So. And well, there's that game called Twelve Minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I thought about, but uh, I realised that you'd need to store variables for 12 minutes. How do you do that? <laughs> How do you do There's that? no level in human resource machine that teaches you that, so we'll never know. Um, yeah, but um, and, and then actually when I did load it up just to have a play around with it, they'd changed the views and um, oh. all of this sort of stuff. And, it, you know, it felt like, you know, when you used to s- switch between um, operating systems on a computer or what have you, and I got, I got a bit baffled by it. So it's still installed on my on, on my computer, and I, you know I still hope that one day I'll I'll go back to it. But um, I don't know. Rest easy, games players. I don't think I will. I was going to get it, and I still might. Um, I've got a copy coming to me. Um, uh, so I've got an idea for a platform game that okay. I want to make. Is it to do with uh, the ozone layer? It is not yet. But I'm going to talk to the UN and see if they've got any other <laughs> environmental things they need to. Uh, no, it's it's more to do with um, global heritage, actually. So uh, may talk to who's that UNESCO? Is it? Yes, some someone. I might talk to them. Uh, I've got an idea for a platformer. I thought, oh, I'll knock that up in Unity. And then thought, oh, it's a bit of a headache to make stuff in Unity. But as I remember, you can get a platformer running in Game Maker really quickly. Um, so I might do it in that. However, for reasons we're about to talk about, I've recently uh, recently been looking at my old cricket game again. So I might have to go into Unity anyway, so maybe I won't. Anyway, okay. we'll talk about that in a bit. Play a bit of music first. We're back. Uh, One Life Left Residence 104.4 FM, as previously mentioned. Uh, Simon, before we get to the reviews... Yes. You've been spying on me on the internet. Well, not. Uh, I, I think the opposite, actually, Steve, um, mm-hmm. in that I received an invite from you. <laughs> you did? That you wanted to become my friend. I, uh, I thought I it was like, time. I was like, come on, Steve, don't need to ask. Aren't we beyond this? You wanted to make it official. I did. Uh, I decided it was time. It was time. And also, uh, because I finally got one, didn't I? Come and join us. Come and join us. What did you get, Steve? So this week, uh, I got an Oculus Quest 2. As well? Uh, (laughs) No. I got... uh, Well, I had an Oculus Rift back in the day. I had a Vive. Uh, Both of them have long since been put in the cupboard um, because they're a bit of a pain in the ass to set up, right? Like, it takes a while and you need a bit of space. Uh, certainly the Vive lighthouses are, no- are a no-go. Now I have a uh, young daughter who grabs things and pulls things off shelves. Um, 
you had been asking, persuading me to get a uh, Oculus for a while. I've been holding out, but then it turns out I've been involved. Uh, I'm now working on a project that involves an Oculus Quest. So I had to get one for business purposes, and Quite I right. sent one this week. And um, yeah, spent the uh, spent the last few days setting it up. And, it's, a, um, it's a joy to set up, isn't it? Making friends with you as well. Yeah, it's really, really, really good. Really enjoyed uh, all of the all of the uh, onboarding. They call it right, like all of that stuff. Like it's definitely a generation ahead of the last time I had to do this uh, four or five years ago uh, with the last generation of VR hardware. And yeah, really, really enjoy it. I, I'll talk about the projects. Uh, talk about the games that I've played in the review section which is coming up but it did give me cause as well to uh, to launch unity and to try and launch my cricket vr project okay uh, didn't launch because immediately unity was like ah what are you doing this is an old prop you can't just do that i've got to update everything and if i update everything everything is not going to work so do you want me to do that yes or no answer me and so what happened then? So you obviously tried to upgrade. How many how many versions of Unity ago was it? Oh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. It's four years ago. So um, it, it basically gave me a choice. It said, listen, we can either try and update everything and it probably won't work or, and when we do that, I'm going to overwrite all your files. So you better have backed up this. Have you? I haven't. Or we can just try and, we, we can just try and run it. Um, so I just tried and it didn't work. So I'm going to try and update it over the course of this week. Maybe, uh, it depends how much of a hassle it is. Uh, because, well, uh, I guess this is a good time to go to the reviews. So as part of my, uh, Oculus exploration, um, I decided I was going to play every single cricket VR game. Okay. Because... Four years ago, um, I decided I wanted to make a cricket VR game, and I made it. I, I, I finished it. I made it in Unity, and it is functional, uh, playable, but it is not releasable. It looks terrible because I am not an artist. The only asset that I made in the game is a cricket bat, which is basically right at the limits of my modelling uh, skills. And even that, I showed to a 3D artist who said, "Oh, that's really good. Well done." Do you want me to make one for you? <laughs> uh, but the game itself is good. It's it's like really really playful and fun, uh, like arcade game set in a cricket batting net, uh, which is right in the centre of the oval where I spend my summers. Uh, you, there's also there's two versions. There's one which is um, if you've ever played. Bennett Foddy's cricket game which is called Little Master it's essentially a VR recreation of that um, and there's also another game which isn't quite as good which is just a batting game that I made uh, which takes place in the centre of uh, you know on the strip in the middle of the oval and it's good um, as I said like made this for Vive and for Oculus and then thought it's it's basically complete it's gameplay complete but as we both know, Simon, turning something like that into a releasable project is not a five-minute job, right? It's going to take you at least as long as the project already has, probably twice as long as the project has. And then you start thinking about your audience, right? So at the time, my audience was people who love cricket and people who have a VR setup, which at that point was basically me. <laughs> And I already had the game, right? Like, and could play it. So that was that. I thought, I'm not going to finish this. There's no point. Um, and that was fine. You know, I, I, I sort of found it fun. And I still got the kick out of showing all my cricket friends what I'd done. And they were all impressed. I sent a couple of them the builds and they liked it as well. Uh, but no one was like, oh my God, you've got to finish this. Because there was no financial upside in doing that. Four years in the future, and there are six VR cricket games out there. Wow. Um, yeah, and uh, I've played them all over the last couple of days. On what on what format? Uh, they're all on... Well, all of them are playable. Hmm. There's playable and playable, right? Um, most of them use the Vive. All of them are playable on Quest. 
if you uh, if you use uh, what do you call it a virtual, virtual desktop virtual desktop which okay. I've set up and is that official on Quest 2 or not it's not it's not I'm oh, sorry by official I mean integrated have you not set virtual desktop up on your machine I, I have but when I um, when they announced Quest 2 I thought they'd said that the um, desktop streaming was going to become a part of Oculus Home as opposed to buying some software off mm-hmm. um, off the store and then sideloading it in order to circumnavigate some of the features. So I had to do that process. Okay, so it okay. is not yet official, at least as far as I know. Uh, and that process was... Ni- like most things, 90% of that process was easy. And then there was one point where I got stuck for two hours, banging my head against a wall, searching on forums, and eventually it suddenly started working for no reason I can discern and moved on from that and since then it's been all perfectly fine i've been using uh so i've been i've been going through steam and i've been running all of these games off steam of the six uh two of them didn't work in a way that i think is the developer's fault not mine uh they were both games where you had to use the keyboard you had to pop out of your headset to go through menus and put your headset back on and then when you did it didn't work properly uh so that was rubbish seven out of ten um, three of them worked, but were not the cricket games that I wanted. I think all of the physics was fake, and um, cricket games are quite hard for me to test because I'm bad at cricket, but I love it. So you can't tell whether you're just not hitting the ball because you're bad at the game, or whether you're not hitting the ball because the physic, the ball's passing through the bat. bat. I think on. Um, on those games, those three, they had... So the problem I had when I was developing the game, right, is that in cricket, the ball moves really fast. It moves at, like, basically close to 100 miles an hour. Um, And your bat moves pretty fast as well in the opposite direction. So if you imagine that on a frame-by-frame basis, the ball is moving from frame to frame, like, maybe a metre between frames, or, 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 you know, 30 centimetres, I think, was was the distance that I uh, I came up with. And your bat's moving the opposite direction, so unless you get that physics really, really clever and you're working you know, faster than the Unity physics engine, the ball literally will pass through the bat. These three games had not solved this, I think, and the ball was passing through my bat unless I sort of held the bat very, very still. But the final game... And I actually sort of solved that problem. Like, I had that working. It wasn't perfect, but it did It did basically work. The final game, uh, and the one, the only one that I'm going to say the name of, because there's no point in just being mean about all of the other 7 out of 10s, uh, is a game called Cricket Club, which is brilliant. Like, really, really good. It's a mashup of kind of Sabutio. The aesthetic is caricatured figures on those rounded bases, which uh, it places around you and then it zooms into uh, the board and you are there playing. Uh, And it's super, super fun. There are scenarios for you to beat. Uh, The cricket feels nice and physics-based. I can tell this because in all of the games, I turned around and tried to hit the wicket with my bat. This is the only one where I was able to do that uh, and knock over the stumps. Um, And yeah, it's got really, really good humour, really, really good style to it. Um, and I super, super enjoyed playing it. But most importantly, it is very, very close to the game that I would have built if I had spent another 12 months making my game properly. And now I feel like I don't have to. <laughs> so I probably won't. 7 out of 10. Are they all just batting in cricket then? Yeah, 100%. They're all batting. Because bowling bowling would be a challenge, wouldn't it? Yeah, but the batting makes sense, right? Like, because the batting is... You are in a small area and you never actually move from that. It was always a really, really natural fit for VR and room scale. And, uh, you know, it's... It's good to see that someone has made the game that I, I really, really wanted to make. Um... I, I'm still slightly tempted to make my arcade version, so we'll see what happens over the next <laughs> next couple of weeks when I, whether I get sucked back into VR development. Watch this space. I um, uh, I was basically going to listen to to you talk about VR games actually. So I, I mean, I'm I'm still playing Cyberpunk. Still, I'm still I'm, I'm still enjoying it. I don't think it's 
I mean, it is interesting, isn't it, that the that the city is spectacular, but it's mm. entirely forget uh, it's entirely forgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching some videos uh, with Dexter today. Uh, he was showing me some GTA YouTubers, and I can uh, yes, uh, GTA Five is is based on LA, and you know I've, I have been there a few times, so it is you know it, it is an approximation of it, and you sort of feel as if you know where you are. But in Night City, still, I couldn't really navigate from point a to b without looking right. at a map um but still you know I, i'm i'm enjoying it uh i will i, I will eventually finish it seven out of ten um but, uh, i was going to mention sports game wise though if you are interested on in seeing how vr sports can work i would thoroughly recommend 11 table tennis i have uh, on, that and i played that back in the, the day quest. as well right and I, I don't like table tennis in real life because the vast majority of my time on table tennis is spent picking up, scrabbling around for the ping pong ball on the floor. <laughs> and, and this just gets rid of all of that. And, and actually, you know, after an hour and a half of just not knocking around, I was, you know, I felt like I was getting good and it didn't, and it does feel realistic. Mm. Um, it doesn't feel as if it's, um, you know, giving you some leeway or thinking about, you know, because I was still playing some terrible shots. I learned, you know, all the time that my backhand was entirely wrong. And if I ever tried to hit it with my backhand, it would go flying off. And I actually got a lot, got a lot better with it. Very, very, very stripped down version of table tennis. You know, is there's no tournaments. It's just you versus an AI of um, varying skill levels. Um, there's no glitz and glamour to it at all. But uh, yeah, very energetic, thoroughly enjoyable. Seven out of ten. Well, I do have one other VR game to talk about. Um, have you played Beat Saber? Of course I've played Beat Saber. Well, I I think Beat Saber's good and I sort of enjoy it. But there's something about it that has always, uh, it's always slightly annoyed me. And it's the saber. I've got, I don't know, I've got a weird mental block about swords. Okay. I I, I just think they're a bit dorky. <laughs> what? Says the man in the V, where the white VR wait, headset on him. Wait, wait. <laughs> right? I get that. I get that. But I don't know, it always reminds me of those men on the internet who like swords. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I I can't explain it. I know it's not fair. I know Beat Saber is a brilliant game. But um, I was introduced uh, by a couple of people on the Mariaki Discord, um, Maz and Lupine, to a game called Synth Riders. Mm. Have you played that? I haven't. I was looking at it, though, obviously. They had some very targeted advertising. I I wonder why. Well, so it says featuring Muse. Now, did did they know... Like, do they know? I just assume that they that they know that I like news. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy that. So, Synth Riders is Beat Saber, but without the swords. That's the, okay. uh, that's right, the pitch. Right, right. So you have these orbs in your hand and you have to position the orbs at the right point in the right song. It's a, it feels like you're punching them, really. Um it's great. It's really, 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 really good. Uh, it, it is, you know, it does say in, in big letters on the front of it, featuring Muse. So you may uh, <laughs> you may be surprised when I tell you it is my sort of music. Right. Like, it really is. Like, there's a lot of, like, brilliant, um, heavy, synthy, poppy type music in there. Oh, um, uh, cool. I will, um, I will pick it up. And uh, the custom tracks, which are very, very easy to sideload, uh, very very easy to there's a manager on I think synthfriders.com I think it is uh, which just lets you download them all uh, there's a couple of my favourite artists involved uh, there well I mean they're not involved these are you know community yeah, things yeah. they've just taken the songs placed them there but there's some brilliant brilliant songs there's some songs that you'll love as well uh, and those maps are hit and miss but a couple of them are absolutely fantastic and it's a it's a workout let me tell you Simon it's great. It's it's the most fun I've had in in VR for four years. Uh, so, <laughs> have you have you tried side loading the the Beat Saber? So, um, I haven't touched Beat Saber I, I mean, because swords are for dorks. Right. So. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Um. It's it's it sounds a little more complicated than you're implying here. So yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Thanks, Steve. I've learned something today. Me too, Simon. Me too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but not how old One Life Left is. We'll work that out for next episode. Hmm. That's it, I think. Good. 
Um, nice to thanks, see you. Thanks for thanks that. For, yeah, thanks for listening to the show today, everybody. Thanks to Resonance for hosting us. Thanks to our letter writer this week, Chris. Uh, if you want to write, and please do write us a letter, uh, email team at onelifeleft.com. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Until then, goodbye. 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 